0: Welcome back to the moment, Jared Lyle. Now, as I explained in part one, Jared Lyle is a great bloke, a ripping bloke, a fantastic fella. And as Jared was battling leukemia, the PGA Tour, they were missing their good mate. So they all got together, some of golf's biggest names, to send the big boy a present. A good friend of mine, Trip Eisenhower. A priceless present. He'd organised, without anyone
1: else sort of doing it apart from him and a couple of producers, he organised to have a camera set up on the driving range on Tuesday and Wednesday and all the players who would walk past, he'd stop them and say, look, Jared's in hospital. Do you want to have a quick chat?
2: Yeah, it was incredible. Um, Over here especially, I mean, clearly it would be understandable amongst the Australian players because we were all buddies with him, but it wasn't just the Australian players. It was the whole tour.
0: Only Jared's nearest and very dearest have seen this DVD. It's one of those DVDs that I don't think I'll ever show anyone else,
1: but I'll keep it and I'll pull it out one day and I'll watch it and I'll guarantee I'll cry the whole
0: time through it again. For this story, Jared showed me the DVD. It is very, very personal. You've got to remember, these guys don't know if they would ever see one of their good mates again. It's the most touching, emotional tribute packed full of heartfelt messages that I've ever seen. Jared agreed that I can play you some of it, starting with one of the greatest golfers of all time, the now late Arnold Palmer. wish you nothing but the best uh... Had a little experience myself, and I know that it's not the most pleasant thing in the world, but you'll you'll handle it very well, and good luck. Hey, Jared, Jim Furyk. Jared, Jason Duffner here. Hey, Jared, this is David Duvall. Hey, Jared, G-Mark here. Hey, Jared, Phil Mickelson here.
1: all right Jared, Ernie. You? you? know, Justin Rose came on and goes, hey, Jared, it's Justin Rose.
0: Jared, hey, buddy, it's Rosie, how you doing? Um, obviously, all the boys out here thinking about you, no more so than me and Fooch.
1: Fooch is his caddy mate of mine as well you know we're thinking about you and you know I just want to let you know that I'm going to give food as much crap as I can while you're not here to do it
0: so in your absence for the next uh, period of time be sure to know that I'm going to give food plenty of abuse for you mate
3: alright Jared Ernie uh, buddy we miss you out here man I know you you miss home in Australia and all of that but this is uh, taking it to the extreme bro um, listen good luck to you and your family um We're all thinking of you. We miss you out here. Um, You know, all I can say is, you know, keep fighting this thing. I know it must be very hard on you and your family. And, uh, you know, good luck. And we want to see you out here, big fella. All right. Take it easy. And, uh, you know, at least you can catch up on your Aussie footy and cricket and all that stuff. The things that you guys aren't that good at. Okay. (laughs) All the best. Good luck, buddy. Cheers.
1: So this video went for 40 three minutes or something like that and the first time I saw it I was in hospital Bri brought it in I played it on my computer in front of me and I cried the whole time through it just cried because it was just like these guys are preparing for an event and they're taking you know 30 seconds out of their day to come and say hello to me on a camera
0: you beat it one time you can beat it again you're Australian for Christ's sake you're that tough
1: I guess what it reaffirmed to me was it's just a massive family that you're out there playing with every single week. Even though you're out there trying to smash them and beat as many players, many of these guys as you can every single week, you're still a massive family. You're still travelling together. You're still seeing each other every week. And, you know, to have something like that happen to me and then all of a sudden have the 124 guys that are at Bay Hill that week come and say hello on this camera was incredible. Like we got Phil Mickelson sitting there. Hey, Jared. Phil Mickelson here. You he guys get back over here. We need to see you again. Just wanted you to know that us in the tour, everybody here on the tour, are really pulling hard for you. Yeah. Fought it once, and hopefully you'll you'll get through this. And we're, you've got a lot of people out here pulling for you and wanting you to get back out here soon. You know, Sergio. Hey, Jared. Uh, I just want to say that we're all thinking about you. Uh, we're wishing you very well on your uh, fight against leukemia. And uh, we know you're very strong, so we're hoping to see you out here very soon, uh, walking the course with us. So uh, take care and uh, see you around. And I showed it to my grandparents. And all my Nan could say, she goes, geez, Jared, you've got a lot of nicknames over there. Chancellor. Jared, you
4: bastard. Good
1: day, Hey, Big J. J-Rod.
0: Hey, Santa.
4: Got to have the Chancellor of the uh, Central University of the Northern Territory to hurry up and get back out here.
0: Challenge is a charity that supports kids with cancer. Their mascot is Luke the Duck. Luke, as in leukaemia. Patron Robert Allenby has done an incredible job over the years for Challenge, his annual golf day and gala dinner raising over $10 million to date. Robert handed out Luke the Duck pins to the tour whilst Jared was in hospital.
4: We love you and uh, we're always thinking of you, even when you're going through these hard moments uh, back home and... um, You'll be seeing a lot of those Luke the Duck pins on everyone's hat uh, over the next you know, couple of years, and you know what they're there for. They're all for you, mate. Okay, mate. We love you. Bye. You see the pin on Tiger's hat that is in honour of Jared Lyle, oh, yeah. who was diagnosed
0: with leukaemia for the second time.
1: You know, it was a massive thing for me, and, and, and luckily for me, I could get Tiger's phone number because I wanted just to say thank you because I knew that he doesn't do things like that for everybody mm. or for anybody in that fact. But, you know, for him to put that duck on his hat that week and then win.
4: Tiger Woods in the final group is a
0: winner again. And how appropriate it does, it comes at Bay Hill.
1: The, the first thing I saw when he held that putt on the last yeah. hole was the duck on the top of his hat. Me too, me too. And, and I knew exactly what it was for. And, mate, it was like I'd won that tournament with him. And I wanted to just to let him know what I was feeling and how happy I was and how thankful I was that he'd done that. So I sent him a text and, you know, I, I wasn't expecting to get a thing back. I wasn't even sure if it was the right number <laughs> or whatever, but, you know, three hours after that, I'd sent that text. I'm sitting there, my phone goes off and it's, it says, text message, Tiger Woods. And I'm like,
3: Wow. <laughs>
0: Jared's first round of chemo didn't send his cancer into remission. He eventually had three rounds. He then had a double-cord blood transplant in which he received umbilical cord blood, rich in stem cells, from donors in Germany and America. Now, umbilical cord blood is collected from the delivery of a baby. This is what saved Jared's life. It's incredible. After nearly five months in hospital, in July 2012, Jared had won his battle with cancer for a second time.
5: I remember the day he was discharged from hospital after the transplant. We had an apartment in North Melbourne provided by the Leukaemia Foundation. Um, What was it, a walk of 200 metres, maybe? He barely made it, barely made it, because he had been lying in bed for the best part of four months, probably, three or four months. And he could barely even make it that far, and he was knackered.
0: At first, Jared was a mile off, ten miles off, a million miles off—take your pick. After his first round, walking eighteen holes, Jared didn't feel right for five days afterwards. His muscles had wasted; he had no power, no energy. All he had
3: was belief. You know, being crook for so long, you're falling behind the other guys. But again, I don't want to harp on about it. It's the determination of the guy. You know, he he wanted to get back on tour he was going to get back on tour.
1: And, you know, I'd, I'd been playing 18 holes every couple of weeks at, at the Sands here and, you know, I'd go out and I'd do a little bit of practice. And, you know, I wasn't I wasn't back by any stretch of the imagination. and But I needed to see something to see how I was progressing with my golf. But it was the, the rest of the stuff that goes along with it that I needed to see. I needed to see whether I could walk. 36 holes,
4: two days in a row. And uh, we were all preparing for the worst, but we, what we didn't take into account was the, uh, uh, the fight and the big man. That voice belongs
0: to Andrew Langford Jones, one of the most loved figures in golf in Australia. In fact, worldwide. Langers, as he's known to all and sundry, is the director of tournaments at the PGA Tour. His team basically run any pro golf event held in Australia.
4: Well he'd been around, he'd done a few, uh, few favours for us as far as um, promotional stuff, but he wasn't well enough to play golf, he'd, he was hitting a few balls, then all of a sudden uh, we all found out at the, pretty much the same time that he was going to try and make a comeback uh, at the Masters at Royal Melbourne where he'd basically started his career, his professional career, and it was a, it was a buzz.
1: had my best mate caddy for me and um, couldn't have got anyone better on the bag. You know, someone who had been there through both my illnesses and, you know, he was just just one of my best mates.
3: i tell you, I was a bit nervy. Let's hear from Jared's good mate, Gareth again. (laughs) Because it's one thing to, you know, hit a golf ball, but, um, you know, reading artage books, dealing with a crowd, carrying a bag, all this sort of stuff was was another thing, but um, it was an absolute honour and um, uh, to say yes. And, jeez, um, what an experience. I, I wouldn't give it back
4: for the world. It was the story of the tournament. I mean, we had Adam Scott playing, and that's great. And we had, you know, internationals over there as well. I think uh, I think Ernie was playing, and, uh, um, you know, Nick Ahern was at his peak, and Parry was playing, and they were all there. But the story of the week was... The big man's back. And in golf, cancer survivor Jared Lyle
3: sets set to return to the pro ranks at this month's Australian Masters, 14 months after overcoming leukaemia for the
4: second time. You know, what do you do? do? you I'm sitting there and thinking, well, do you put him down to play with Adam Scott or do you protect him a bit and make it low-key? And I think in the end we played him with Ogilvy and Brendan De Jong. Marquee group.
1: I'm sitting there going, really?
0: Maybe
1: something to touch my location. I said, dude, I might miss it on the first tee. He goes, <laughs> I don't care. The million people who are going to watch it. They don't care. Yeah. They want to see you. Luke, it's been an
0: unbelievable journey for Jared Lyle. Just to be here for this next week is a victory in itself. My favourite moment in golf <clears throat> is when you came back to golf.
1: Yes.
4: I'll, mate, I'll probably cry during all this, but yeah. It was the most emotional thing I've ever seen on a golf course. I started warming up. And, you know,
1: things are feeling really nervy. I'm shaking. It's like, you know, I've hit a couple of shanks. I've done a couple of things on the range I haven't done for a long time. And, and then a mate of mine pops his head over
0: the fence and he goes, Jarrod, there's someone here to see you. And
1: I'll turn around, it's Peter Thompson.
0: Peter Thompson, for those who aren't aware, is an Australian golfing legend, a five-time winner of the Open Championship. And Pete's standing behind the, the, um,
1: the range and he comes over, he shakes my hand. And he goes, how you feeling? I said, mate, I'm nervous as hell. He goes, you gonna win? I said, mate, if I get through four days, it'll be a, an absolute miracle. He goes, it, nah, he goes, are you gonna win? So I'm gonna try, Pete. He goes, that's all I want. Shakes my hand again, says, good luck. And I'm like, wow, hmm. this is obviously bigger than what I think it was.
0: Gareth, best mate and now caddy.
3: And then it was time to go and I, I specifically remember I turned around and I just see this sea of cameras and I can hear them going and that's when my heart just went boom and jumped out of my chest. I was so nervous. I remember finishing my warm-up and I thought to myself, well, that was horrendous,
1: but that's all I've got. <laughs> and I started walking across there and, and Bri comes over and she goes, how are you feeling? And I just looked at her and I cried. And I'm sort of sitting there going, I don't know why I'm crying. So I took the back way through the like the service entrance at Royal because I just needed five minutes to myself.
4: Well, what a delight to see him back! And the the galleries appreciating his return.
0: That's the voice of Sandy Roberts broadcasting on the Seven Network, and we must thank Seven Sport for all their help in making this project possible. Jared's playing partner on the day, Jeff Ogilvie.
2: The thing that stands out the most is the first tee. Um, I don't think I I have the words to describe what the first tee was like. It was it was astonishing, like the the emotion in the air and the feeling of uh, I mean, emotion's the best word for it because there was lots of emotions. Right, there's the happy and there's the frustrated and there's the like welcome back champion and I mean it was just I couldn't as I say I couldn't begin to describe what it felt like, but just to know that it was very, very moving and it was really, really difficult to hit a golf shot afterwards.
4: I've never seen such um, crowd emotion. It was, it was, yeah. you know, even now I get tingles down the back of my neck just uh, remembering what it was like.
5: really wasn't until that first tee shot where just standing there and seeing the crowd and the emotion on people's faces and I just thought, and that it was, it wasn't until that exact moment where I sat back and I went, Oh my God. Like, they are all here for him.
0: And so, finally, we arrive at that one shot. That one moment. And he is fighting back the tears. you can tell there. This is a big moment for the young man.
1: I get, uh, I get onto the T, and he was the president of the VGA when I was playing state teams and all that. He was the announcer and he's crying and, and I walked up there and as soon as I seen that I started crying as well and I'm thinking to myself this is just going to be the worst tee shot ever. Anyway so I'm standing there and he calls my name. Please welcome Jared Life. Yeah!
3: It was it, it was an absolute thrill and a bit of a rush, to be honest. Um, you know, especially when his name got called out, your heart rate just starts going through the roof. And, um, you know, when he got on there and and I, I remember that, he said, three-wood or hybrid? And um, that was the first question that he asked me. <laughs> my response at that point, because I was too nervous, I said, your call.
0: <laughs> Good
3: caddy.
2: <laughs> it was incredible. You just felt the love coming out of the crowd it was just... Um, That's one first tee I'll never forget. I mean I've forgotten a few to be fair and that's, that sticks out in my memory pretty much more than any first tee kind of setting anywhere. It was just amazing. I think anyone who was standing there would say the same thing.
1: I tee me ball up. And I'm just getting really emotional and I stand up there and I hit hybrid and I've hit it straight out of the guts.
2: goes.
1: and went down the fairway and I thought to myself, I've done it. You know, something that I never thought I could do again. I've done it.
4: I've teed off. What a relief. He's back. He's back. I looked around and people all around me are just, tears are just flowing. I hand my club back to Gareth and I just stand on the
1: tee and I just sort
4: of sighed.
1: I'm just like, oh, thank God, it's, it's done. You know, the hype. Everything that I'd sort of put on myself to hit this tee shot, I'd done it. And then I just lost it again. And I cried, and I cried for probably halfway down the fairway. I'm like, wow. when that shot came off, I knew there and then that I could do this
4: again. As he walked off the tee, he walked over to me, and... I shook his hand, and I just couldn't help. It. I just broke up, and uh, never forgive him for that. He ruined my reputation, but he's uh, he's just uh, he's he's one out of the box.
0: Remarkably, Jared went on and made the cut, playing four straight days.
5: He was absolutely knackered. I, I can't even explain how tired he was at the end of those days.
0: Eventually, Jared rejoined the USPGA Tour. But, in late 2016, he decided to call it a day in the States, returning home with Bryony, Lucy, and a second beautiful baby girl, Gemma. I could walk away from the game and be very happy with what I've achieved.
1: You know, I've won two tournaments in the States. You know, I've done things that, you know, I only dreamed of doing. I just thought the time's right. You know, the time's right to come home now and and be a dad and be a husband and and be someone who's, you know, around here more often or can, you know, take the girls to, you know, kinder and daycare and pick them up
0: and cook dinners and, you know, the things that I've missed out on for so long. In June of 2017, the Lyles were living in Torquay, Victoria, next to a golf course. They were happy, content and healthy and the big fella Well, he was dominating on the country pro-am
5: circuit. In terms of his health and whatever, I just tell people now all he suffers from now is golf and that's probably a lifelong (laughs) illness and there's no cure for that.
0: (laughs) Even still today, strangers approached Jared Lyle on the street to talk to him about that one shot, that one moment. You
1: know, it meant a lot to me, but I think everyone else in the world that witnessed it and people that were dealing with the same thing or similar issues to what I was dealing with, I, I don't know... It gave them hope. It let them know that there was still a chance for them to get out and do what they want to do.
0: In truly devastating news, in late July, a routine blood test of Jared's registered abnormal results. His cancer had returned. It's best if Jared explains from here.
1: Hi, guys. Jared Lyle here. Just wanted to give everybody an update since Howie has finished uh, my little podcast with him a while ago. And obviously things have changed since we finished... Um, I've again relapsed with my leukemia for the third time now and have been undergoing extensive chemotherapy for the good part of four and a half, five months now. And um, as of the 29th of November, I will be back in hospital to get ready for my transplant, which is going to be on December the 6th. So I thought now would be a perfect time to give everyone a bit of an update on how everything's going. Um, obviously, I can't sit down with Howie to finish off the podcast in the way that we wanted, but, um, you know, things have changed. And it's a little bit difficult now to, to have the time to sit down and talk with everybody. So what's happened is I've had three rounds of chemotherapy, so I had a big uh, induction round up at the Royal Melbourne Hospital um, and then moved down to Geelong to have some two rounds of consolidation chemotherapy, and everything went really well with those those three rounds. Um, things progressed well with them and got me to the point where I was in remission after the first lot of chemotherapy, which is what the doctors wanted and Now the battle begins uh, probably the biggest battle I think I've ever had in life. Things are not great from a health perspective. Uh, My doctors have pretty much said that this is my last chance of getting better. I'm having a stem cell transplant, which is uh, coming from my brother. So... We're doing something that hasn't really been done all that often at the hospital. They've done about 12 of these transplants in the last 12 months and it's a thing called a haplo identical transplant. So in short terms, like earlier on, they had to use transplants that are a 100% match in order for them to work, whereas this one's only 50% match but they do things a little bit differently to help it along and, and hopefully make it work. So... After seeing my doctor recently, he's pretty much given me about a 25 to 30% chance that this is going to work. Um, He's still confident that it will work. I'm confident that it will work, but I've also got that thing in the back of my mind that if it doesn't work, then, you know, we're kind of in a tougher spot than we've ever been in before, so you kind of got to be a little bit more realistic now and and realise that, you know, third time around, things are going to be a lot more difficult. But as everybody knows out there, I'm ready for the fight. I'm ready to feel absolutely horrendous for the next, you know, three or four weeks after the transplant. It's going to be hard work. I'm going to get very, very sick. But I'm ready to come out the other side a healthier, happier person. Um, there's still a lot of things I want to do in life As as everyone knows I you know, may want to play golf again I don't know what the answer to that's going to be um, But at least I want to come out the other side and be a dad And be a husband, they're the two things That, that mean the most to me And I'm really You know Really pushing myself to, to Be as positive as possible Obviously you never want to get that news That, that things are looking pretty grim But Everyone knows what I'm like on the golf course, on out of the golf course in life in general. I'm, I'm always fighting to get through things, and this is one that I really, really need to to knuckle down and and get through it and come out the other side. So that's what's happened since Howie and I had sat down and and talked about you know my golfing life and what's happened over the last few years, but. Now he can uh, add this to the end of the podcast and let everyone know what's exactly happening and what's happened since we sat down and had a chat. And hopefully uh, we can sit down in the next 12 months and relive it all again and, and have another chat and have a couple of beers to celebrate me coming out the other side. So once again, I want to thank everyone for their unwavering support for myself and my family. And I look forward to seeing everyone back on the golf course and, uh, Have a happy and healthy and merry, merry Christmas and we'll chat soon.
0: Not really much I can say after that except Jared Lyle is the bravest bloke I know. It seems almost inadequate to say it but our thoughts are with Jared, Bryony, Lucy, Gemma and everyone else close to the Lyle's. If you want to help, Jared, you can support his charity of choice, Challenge. This is a truly wonderful organisation which helps families and children dealing with cancer. Their website is challenge.org.au. There's a lot of love out there for you, mate. Get better soon. Written and created by Mark Howard. Produced by Michael James. Audio imaging by Matt Nicolich. Executive
4: producers Mark Howard and Grant Tothill. The Moment is a Podcast One production.